Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, and uh, he's a Hebrew prophet in the Old Testament, and I'm going to read a few more verses uh, cascading from it, and it's a prophetic heads up for two groups of people, for ancient Israel, that there would be restoration for them, and for the church, the Jews and the non-Jews that the church is comprised of, that there would be restoration for sinners and lost souls, and there'd be a an addressing of the attacks and the ripoff of the enemy and a restoration. And this is my message, restoring uh, uh, and repairing and redeeming. My Redeemer lives. I am extremely enthusiastic about Jesus because of who he is, what his intent was, the follow through, the capabilities, the power, what his purpose was. First John 3, 8 says, for this purpose, the Son of God came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. And in John 10, 10, Jesus boldly got up and clarified to the world about how good God is and about how corrupt and wicked Lucifer is. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, I'm going to show you about six points about that abundant life, aspects of it in, in ways that'll be very practical for your lives. And that the goal is that you leave this place changed. You're fed, you're fueled, you're energized. Yet we feed your faith and starve your doubts to death. You, you, you get built up, the spirit of fear leaves you. Joy comes, anxiety leaves, apathy dissipates, fervency and enthusiasm restores. Hey, that's a tall order, but I've trusted God. Lord, I just step way out there, please help that happen. In Jesus' name, be with my mouth. Help me, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love restoration. And I told you that when we went on family vacation, we found a Frenchman, uh, a, a handy a craftsman, a, just a genius, who would take rusty old things, and he would, he would show his, uh, on his uh, YouTube channel uh, how he repaired things. He would sandblast the rust off. He'd use chemicals to get it clean. He'd replace and, and use a lathe and make new bolts and nuts and screws and things. And he made it go even to better than it was. And, and uh, uh, God is so faithful to bring restoration. And, and he'll perfect that which concerns you, the Bible says. And what the enemy meant for harm, God will turn around for good. And Romans 8.28 is clear in our case for all of us. Yet we know that God will cause all things to work together for good for those who are called, love God and are called according to his purpose. So let me ask you, how many of you love the Lord today because he first loved you? How many of you uh, are called according to his purpose? You said, I hope so. Well, we got to know so. He's called us out of darkness to show forth his excellencies. This is what the Apostle Peter wrote, that we're, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy people, and, and a peculiar people, a purchased people. That doesn't mean we're a bunch of weirdos. Peculiar, it means particular. And uh, God's called us out of, 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 of just sort of uh, futility and vanity, and he's called us into substance and purpose. God has anointed you. And I heard T.L. Osborne, the amazing uh, frontier evangelist, uh, uh, he said that what God does to you, he wants to do through you. The, the Bible says to, to when we go to him and we get that, obtain the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, get revitalized by him, 
He says that out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. What God does to you, he wants to do through you. We're not just little reservoirs or little containers. Yes, we're jars of clay, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the excellency of the glory would be of God and not of us. Joel chapter 2, that's my introduction. Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the creeping locust, the stripping locust, the gnawing locust. Why would Joel prophesy and describe with those adjectives how uh, pesty and, and, and awful uh, those, those locusts are? He didn't just say, I'll restore to you the years the locust has eaten. That which has been gnawing at you, that which has been creeping around you, that which, which has been stripping, you know, and swarming. Um, what a description. Well, that, that kind of identifies the, the pervasive uh, a failure of humanity and the fall and the result of sin. And even in this context, He's talking to the people about the judgment that came on them and the wrath that came on them because of their sin in the Old Testament. Ultimately, we know that Jesus took that wrath and became a sin substitute for us. He actually, he too was penalized for the sins of humanity, but he did it willingly. This is why I love him so much and I wish people understood who Jesus is. Yesterday, I met a man that's one of the top the piano players, the keyboardists in, in music. And he, 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 he said he got turned off by organized religion when he was young. And I, I just thought, yeah, you got to wade through those turnoffs to find Jesus, right? And I just want to do my best to only let the stumbling block be the rock of offense and the stumbling block of who Jesus is because he's, in fact, a stumbling block. I just don't want to have any other stumbling blocks. That's why I, I, I'm trying my best to live this thing like you are. I want our church to be exemplary in that. I want us to be an oasis of love in a troubled, hurting world, right? But I want to tell you guys, we need to understand this is anchoring. This prophet is saying, he's going to restore. He says, I will restore to you. I will make up to you. I'm going to get it right for you. I'm going to bring it back to you. I'm going to get you something that, that, that is going to bring it in such a solidity and such practicality. It's going to apply in every area of your world, spirit, soul, and body. He's the Savior. He redeems our, and renews our minds. He heals our bodies. He restores us. Even when we fail, he restores us. He's just so merciful. That's what keeps me running back to him, man. He's good. Say this with me. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So number one, I just shared with you, but I want to read this, John 10, 10, but I want to read Joel 2 and finish this. He says, um, he says that I will restore it to you. He says, my great army, which I sent among you, there was this judgment, righteous judgment that came in the situation. He says, you will have plenty to eat and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. Then my people will never be put to shame. This, when done correctly, is not a shame-based movement. Preaching, when done correctly, is not a shame-based proposition. Evangelism, when done according to the scriptures, is not a shame-based message. It's a message of, a, of someone who, who took the shame. He endured the cross and he despised the shame and he's now seated at the right hand of God. 
Thus you will know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people and my people will never be put to shame. There it is again. It will come about after this. After what? After the Redeemer comes in. The gospel comes through the Jews. John chapter 4. Salvation is through the Jews. But then the gospel goes and spills out to the nations, to every continent, to every people group. All of a sudden, that which was exclusive becomes inclusive. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, whether you're from Nigeria, whether you're a, a original peoples in Canada, whether you're an islander in Samoa, Whatever your ethnicity, we're all only one human race. Many ethnicities, but one human race. Everything emanated out of Adam and Eve, and we all, every family on heaven and earth, derives its name from him. All this garbage that the devil's trying to stir, in fact, is traced to the devil who comes to steal, kill, and destroy and create division. Jesus came to unify his people on the promises of the word of God and his precepts, and he's called us out of darkness to show forth his excellencies. He came to deliver us from the tyranny of Satan who comes to steal. I hate the devil. I hate my own sin. I'm not busy judging other people. I'm judging myself. When a preacher points a finger, he's pointing three fingers back. That's why you don't hear me berate people and nitpick over things. Jesus died to save sinners, period. Amen. We don't play games with sin. We're not to be practitioners of sin. It's unholy and unpleasant to the king of kings. We must endeavor to press into all that God has for us. And lay aside those things and repent constantly of those things and humble ourselves and crucify our flesh, right? Our attitudes, our actions need to be lined up with the word of God, correct? It's not the basis of our salvation. It's the result of our salvation. Salvation comes as a gift. And then it alters our behavior if we'll let it. If we're doers of the word and we take action, it'll produce a quality situation where we'll see signs, wonders, and miracles. More souls come into the kingdom. Churches like ours fill up with hungry-hearted people hurting, lost, suffering humanity's needs addressed with ample abundance. He says, I'll restore to you for the years the locust has eaten. I serve a restorer. That's why I geeked out on that show. Because I just watched, I was so fascinated. I didn't want any of the stuff he fixed except a knife. There was a really cool knife. But he had a cheese cutter and he had a candy dispenser and he had a gambling thing with horses on it. I didn't want any of that stuff. I didn't covet any of it. I just loved how he fixed it. And see, that's the beauty of we're not to compare ourselves among ourselves. We're so different from each other, but we're all tools in God's toolbox. And he knows how to bust the rust. He knows how to put the edge back on a dull blade. He knows how to make all things new. He says, I'll make all things new. I'll make a roadway in the wilderness when you're bewildered. He's helped me when I didn't know what to do. That's what it, Jehoshaphat, he said, Lord, I don't know what to do. It's complex right now, but my eyes are on you, right? That's the Christian life. That's the spirit of faith. 
where we believe and we trust that God's going to help us out in our marriages, help us out with our children, help us out with our finances, help us out on the job, help us out with our enemies, help us out with the processes of clashes and the inevitable conflicts in relationships. Help some of you out have been through divorces and things like that to get land on your feet and get healed and come through it. You that have experienced loss to work through your process. I'm telling you about a savior who restores. He came to make all things new. He came to bring redemption to the world. There's salvation in no other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. On the other hand, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, it's right here. It's right here. It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Not some, but all mankind. This deals a death blow to racism. God is no respecter of persons. God has beautiful equality about him. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. He uses women, he uses men. He uses the elders and he uses youth. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I told you I have a pastor friend who watches the first service every week. He told me we were praying, we'd talk together, we've known each other for over 40 years. He pastors an amazing church, and he and his wife bear, bearing great fruit on the, in the game. He said, I had, a, I had a vision in the night the other day. And I was like, he said, in other words, I didn't have a dream because I'm in denial about being an old man. <laughs> your old men, your, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream, dream dreams. So, you get that? That's, that's church humor right there. That's, that's Pentecostal, spirit-filled church humor. He, he, had a, he had an impression in his spirit, but it was a vision at night. And uh, I, I like that. He didn't have a dream. Even on your male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. God uses men. God uses women. There was a man that picked me up hitchhiking and told me about Jesus. There was a, 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 a fellow student, a girl, that invited me to church told me about Jesus, same anointing, different people, different genders, amazing power of the Holy Spirit. I will display wonders in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, golems of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it will come about that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered shall be saved. It's later quoted in Romans, the 10th chapter, shall be saved. Hallelujah. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from hell. Part of what this man said to me is, he played music in these churches, and he said, the, the Methodist said, you go to hell for this, and he said, the Baptist said, you go to hell for this. So he just kind of, and I thought, the, our message is not you're going to hell because of this. Our message is this is how you escape hell and get to heaven. It's because of him. That's our message. We've got to keep it central. We've got to keep Jesus as the focus of our personal lives for our personal me message to the world. There's a Savior who saves. Can I tell you about my Redeemer? Have I told you about my Savior? He's a rescuer. And I honor him. And he's given us authority to go out into this world deployed 
with supernatural strength from the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, the Holy Spirit does a better job at restoration than even that French guy on the YouTube channel. And he did a, he was like a meticulous, I mean, you would, you would want a guy like that to take on brain surgery because he was so precise. It was like, that is such quality work. I want what, you to understand that what Jesus did in your, our lives is such quality work. You and I have access to the throne of grace because of the master of the universe, not just the a head of a religion, a Jewish uh, uh, carpenter that talked as though he knew things. I've heard people be dismissive of Jesus. I've heard people try to pigeonhole him and put him aside and besmirch him and downplay him. But he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And he was lifted up on Calvary so that there could be the possibility of Redemption. I already told you about the restoration of the God kind of life, abundant life. He said the thief comes only to steal, kill, destroy. You know, he told us to lay up treasure in heaven where rust does not corrupt, where thief doesn't break in to steal, and, and, and those kinds of things. So there is a purity and a, a, a protection in the realm of the spirit, when it comes to the things of God. God's order of things is not chaotic. God's order of things is not confusing. God's order of things does not vacillate. He's a rock solid, steady, faithful being. And he came that they may have the God kind of life, the life that heaven itself enjoys, life in the spirit, life in abundance, life not depleted, Life not full of depression. Life not full of anxiety. Life full of possibilities. Life full of hope. Life full of faith. It's a young man named John Province. He goes online and buys these cool t-shirts. And he's, what, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years old. He's old. How old is he? 12. And he had one the other night and he said, Hope Dealer. That's catchy. And today he had faith, hope, and love. I said, you better be glad you're not the same size as me because I would covet your shirt. <laughs> His dad passed away recently, and he's pressing in. I see him at church pressing in with his sisters and his mom. His dad's on the other side, and God's wiping away their tears. We have the victory around here. 35 years ago, we started this church. Five years later, it flooded. Two years later, we, a year later, we got back in the building, and two years later, we finished up working in this valley, which restored faster than any other footprint in the entire devastating flood all up and down the Ohio Valley. And it was because, according to Tom Shaw, Mr. Chesterfield, the developer, whose father was the mayor of Clayton, and there's a famous park, Shaw Park, with a swimming pool and everything, named after his dad, he said the momentum was because of what the, the church's reaction was to the crisis. He said it to me over and over again. He said that was the pivot point. You know what it was? It was just the church behaving like the church. Amen. Bible says love your neighbors. Okay, what does that mean? They're messed, their houses are messed up, they're built, 5,000 jobs just disrupted. Get a shovel, go in there, clean the silt out of them, clear a way to get them back in their businesses. 
get the, tear out the old drywall, help them to get hope back, help them to get literal, physical, get back in their buildings, get the business set back up, get the things going. Jesus does this with a sinner to turn you into a saint. He'll take little childbearing and turn children toward their destiny through a prayer of faith like what we just did this morning. There's value in dedication. The prayer of faith saves the sick. We pray over the sick. We're hearing so many results. In the last service, a woman named Wanda came up to me, and she's been through many maladies, and she said, Pastor Jeff, this is the first time in several years I haven't been on any kind of pain medication. I'm, not, I'm pain-free, and I'm off my medication. And, it's just, and she just stood there in the parking lot with me, and it was like a holy moment, a holy moment to God be the glory. I'm telling you about the Redeemer. My Redeemer lives, and what Jesus came to restore the Holy Spirit carries on in his ministry. The Holy Spirit is our rest. He is ongoingly bringing restoration to you and me right now on the micro level, the medium level, and the major level. Can I hear an amen? amen. Who has found this to be the case? Moms and dads, train, you've trained your child in the way they should go. Maybe they bit something on the internet. Maybe there's some sort of speculation and they're out there. You just pray God sends laborers to cross their path. God will be with their mouth. There'll be favor and there'll be a touch from God. They'll say, Mom, Dad, listen, I'm, a, I'm coming back. One of my favorite verses about the restoration, it's this abundant grace that he brings to us. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance. It's a grace. It's a gift. So as I'm preaching this to you, you're like, where's he going with this? And he's only got a couple more minutes. He said he had six points, and he's only on two or three. Everybody say grace. grace. We're saved by grace through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's a gift from God. I was talking to a man in the first service, Vietnam vet, got sprayed with Agent Orange, and his hand was shaking. And I said, you didn't, you didn't get hit by Agent Orange, did you? I said, when were you in Vietnam? 67, 68. I said, that was a hot time. He goes, yes, it was. I said, you didn't get sprayed with Agent Orange, did you? And he went, yeah, I did. And his hand was shaking. And he goes, yeah, I, they, they say I have Parkinson's. He says, but I'm not defined by it. I thought, those are the, some of the brave souls that we rub shoulders with here that maybe you don't know about. But he's, you know, his, his training was uh, Wesleyan theology, the John Wesley, the Methodism, and he was a student of Arminian, he's not a Calvinist, he's an Arminian, where he believes in free will rather than everything uh, being uh, uh, predestined, you know, there's predestination, but we're destined in our, with a framework of our free will, I mean, this, this is, I'm unpacking something that people have been arguing about for 2,000 years, so don't expect me to solve it right now, but, you know. I'm, I'm opening up a can of worms, and I've only got three minutes now. But anyway, <laughs> I believe in free will. And he talked about pre prevenient grace. Prevenient grace is where we're so lost, we're not inclined to seek God. And yet it's all the grace of God that's working on us well before we even heard the gospel or knew about Jesus. Who in here would say, I'm here not because I was so holy and inclined toward him, but he helped me. 
I, how many of you say, I love him because he first loved me? That's my testimony. It's not like, oh, I'm so spiritual and I'm holier than thou. No, that's not my message. So when I was sitting across the table from this guy, I'm thinking, I wish you'd just, just push past whatever just turned you off and just know who Jesus is. I just wish you knew who Jesus is. Oh, this is, and this is why I'm preaching this. So here's, here's another part of it. Ephesians 3.20, he, he's come to restore a power to us because God is able to do immeasurably more or exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think or imagine. Can you, can you imagine that? He's able to do beyond. I think our vision is too small. I think our, our, our dreams are too little. I think our hopes keep getting managed. And we've got to throw that off and say, no, my God is more than enough. I'm serving a Savior who suffered and died and the grave couldn't hold him. He's the resurrection and the life and anyone that trusts in him and believes in him is not going to perish. And not only that, is not going to live in futility and is not going to just have to do it on their own power because you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There's such a strong anointing on this. And if you've been around this church any length of time, this could be the eternal message. I could preach on re restoration maybe for 18 months. But the reason I'm doing it is this is preparation which precedes action. And God gave us a prophetic heads up at the flood of 93. God gave me a prophetic heads up when the football team started to come to our church and I was their pastor in the meetings every week getting them baptized in the Holy Spirit, getting them in the word, speaking the word of faith to them, helping them evangelistically. And there was a season. And there are times and there are seasons. And God is bringing us into a preparedness. We've come through the shutdown, the pandemic, and all the division and social distancing and all that stuff. And now here we are coming back together, dead branches trimmed off, Coming back together, even wonderful projects and beautiful efforts. Uh, put that, are, were you willing to lay that down now? Because I have something I want you to do next. And you might as well get fueled with the fact that he comes to bring restoration. I believe some dreams are being restored in here. I believe some faith, hope, and love is being restored in here. I believe relationships will be restored in here. The devil doesn't want you to have harmony with others. He wants to have, bring division because a house divided can't stand. That's why there's antagonism on marriage, on family, on extended family, on adult kids, all that stuff. You, you gotta be aware of it and not play into it. He'll come and the tempter will try to get you to forfeit your anointing and get you where you're just hindered. He wants to hinder, the th that's another word for steal, kill, and destroy. If it just hinder you where you're not, you're not expecting the E320, Pastor Stubblefield over at First Baptist in Chesterfield, he had me preach as a guest speaker, and I was immersed in their beautiful culture. He was, he's just a thunderous, amazing preacher. He's now retired, but he's still, he says he's working harder than ever. And he said, we're an E320 church. And I thought, oh, amen. What's that? <laughs> Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. I'm unapologetically committed to that idea. I do preach that. 
Well, that's a health and wealth gospel. See, people like to label. Well, what do you want me to preach? A sickness and poverty gospel? Because, see, think of the logic of it. Well, no, but what I mean is it's motives, and it's all about Jesus, and you should not come in it for what you want. It, well, of course. But we're human, and we tie things together with all his provision. And at a certain point, it's like, God, I'm just so grateful you gave me a lifeline. But once you get on the, back on the solid ground, you start realizing, I adore the one that bothered to help me. Right? But I came to know him, and the adoration started by the fact that I got helped. Nothing wrong with that. I think if you're like, I just want to get, God, do you give me this and give me that and give me that? I'm going to stay stingy and greedy through life. No, that, there's no advocacy for that. That's just flesh, and that's just immaturity, and that's just wrong. So I understand that, but well, that's a health and wealth God. Listen, Jesus healed the sick. That means that Acts chapter 10, verse 38 you know Jesus of Nazareth, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And God's reminded me to continue. He restores abundantly and supplies. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Say it out loud with me. And my God, say it out loud at the same time. Ready? And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Say it again. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ. Now this is talking about finances, literally in this context. But all your needs would include your social needs, your academic needs, your relationship needs, all your needs. So when... The, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. You could say, the Lord is my shepherd too, and I shall not lack or want. Amen. Say that with me, the Lord is my shepherd. Here's my, la my second to the last point, Psalm 36, 8. And this ties into what David, when he prayed, when he had failed so badly. Have you ever messed up? Have you ever sinned? Have you ever fallen? The righteous fall seven times, but the Lord picks them up. The Friday service, my wife had a prophetic word from 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I was talking to a man this weekend, and he, was, he, got in, and he got a little bit aggressive and got out of the flesh and something he said. I said, man, it's different now. He said, that's because I repented. It's different when you repent. David repented in Psalm 51, 12. It said, restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will be converted to you. Psalm 36, eight, about the redeemed, about the restored. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house and you give them drink of the rivers, to drink of the rivers of your delights for, you, for in, with you is the fountain of life in your light we see light. In your light, we see light. The entrance of his word gives light. We're a word church. We're a Bible church. I'm preaching the Bible. Amen. We're a Jesus church. I'm preaching Jesus. Amen. We're a faith, hope, love church. I'm preaching faith, hope, and love. We're St. Louis Family Church under the fatherhood of God. 
all, all, so many different ethnicities. You've got people from China, from Korea. Friday night, a girl had to get baptized with her phone because she only spoke Mandarin and had to get the interpretation of what Pastor John was leading her in prayer on so she would be, it would be true to her heart. So they had that phone. Thankfully, it didn't fall in the water because uh, that was what you're thinking. And she's listening, and, she, and, so, and she's confessing Jesus as Lord. Hallelujah. That's the church I go to. That's my belief. People can run around in circles about all kinds of things, and the devil can play games on the mindsets on people, but I want to get my mind renewed. My Bible says it's male and female, old and young, all ethnicities, all the time. Let's all stand up on our feet. I'm done. Second Peter 1.11. Now let's see that when they say you're done and then you have another verse, you're not done. God supplies abundant access to his throne. In this way, the, eternal, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Guys, Jesus is available. He stands at the door and he's knocking. If you've never been born again, today's the day to humble yourself and ask Jesus to come into your life. Repent of your sins. Trust God for his mercy. If you're a believer and you just need a boost, I want you to lift up your hands to the Savior, the Redeemer, the, the re Restorer, or whatever area you need restoration in. Lay hold of it. It's whatever, whatsoever, whomsoever, in what situation. Say this with me. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Because Jesus is Lord, there's hope in my life. I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in every aspect of my life. I repent, I submit, I humble myself, and today is a new day of new beginnings, of restoration in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. We'll go out with joy. God bless you guys. Hallelujah.